welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. Just a reminder, subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe. Leave reviews. Rate it. Five stars. All that good stuff. Tony. Just sign up, man. Just, just sign, sign up. up. Oh, my God. Sign up. It may change your life. You don't know. Will you win the lottery after you sign up? I don't know. But you're only there's only one way to find out, Tony. There's only one way to find out. That's by signing up, and then you see if it changes your life. Just get down. Just get down. Absolutely. Tony. State property style. You know what I don't give five stars to? What don't you give five stars to? The Utah Jazz and their game seven oh, performance. You know, now you're just coming in hot. Tony, against the worst defense in the bubble, they scored 78 points. Everybody was exhausted. Mike Conley, two for 13. Joe Ingles, three for 10. Donovan Mitchell, 9 for 22. What happened, Tony? What happened? Well, Gary Harris happened, number one. <laughs> We're going to oh, – hold on. We're going to pin this all on Gary Harris. Gary Harris stopped three players. Gary Harris came in and turned oh, the yeah. series around. No, absolutely not. Absolutely, I am not here for this. He turned the series around for Denver with his defense. He took Jordan Clarkson out of the series. When Jordan Clarkson off the bench and is absolutely destroying destroying the Nuggets, he took him out of this series. He comes up with, obviously, the stop down and stretch against Donovan Mitchell. He turned the series around. It doesn't matter what he shot. His no. numbers were off. No, no. I, 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 I refuse this theory. 100% he turned the series around. Tony, I'd like to speak to a manager. Because I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm handing this back to the kitchen. The manager is coming in. manager says, Zach, while we value your ability and your presence as our customer, no. we stand fully by our employee, Tony Jones. No. Absolutely not. That's not good. No. Gary Harris. No. Gary Harris did not turn this series. The Jazz he turned the series around and gave it away. His defense turned the series around. No. Yes, the Jazz gave the series away. What defense? But they gave the series away before Gary Harris even stepped on the floor. Well, that's see, that's the that's the problem. So, it seemed like Quinn Snyder was taking a lot of heat over these last couple of games and I would say deservedly so. I didn't like the schemes. I didn't like the way the guys played. I didn't like the the defense against Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray drags them to a game 7 and, you know, to their credit, they stopped Jamal Murray in game 7 or Right, Exhaustion so if they start, stopped, stopped Jamal Murray in Game Six, the series would have been over. That's exactly. not on Quinn Snyder. Exactly, that's that, not on Quinn Snyder. Why not? That's on He's his let... guy. That's on his guys for not defending well in Game Five, Games Five and Six. I don't agree. You know why I don't agree? Because I think the scheme was bad. The scheme was fine. Guys were not defending. It was the same scheme in Game Seven. Same scheme. Yes, but you had the you had the beauty of exhaustion taking Jamal Murray out of that game. Guys just decided to get over screens. Guys decided to challenge shots. Like, they decided to step up and be physical with the guy. Jazz fans are going to be really pissed off when Jamal Murray's averaging 19 points on 47% shooting against the Los Angeles Clippers. He's going to get locked up. because You know why? Because they're gonna, cause he doesn't, you know, Nikola Jokic doesn't have Rudy Gobert on him coming up right he has Ivica Zubats. Zubats is a fine defender but he's not Rudy Gobert obviously and so they're going to run more stuff through Nikola Jokic because they're going to have that they're going to take the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands a lot more he's not going to run nearly as much pick and roll and when that when that happens it's going to look like 
Jamal Murray has regressed. But in reality, they're changing their game plan. Paul George is going to be an off-ball defender on Jamal Murray, and that's a lot easier to defend Jamal Murray when he's off-ball so much. Jazz fans, it's, it's going to be really fun because Jazz fans are going to be like, now he's missing. 15 points in the second quarter, 18 points in the fourth quarter with your season on the line. They did not defend Jamal Murray well at all in this series. Yes, Jamal Murray made a lot of shots, but the Jazz shots. begged him to make a lot of shots. Then in Game 7, they came out and they shut him down, but it wasn't enough because it Killed him on the offensive end. Tony, I I just don't accept, like, I think Quinn Snyder butchered the end of the series. Like, there's got to be a certain point when he's lighting you up for 142 points over three games that you say, we have to make anybody else beat us, even if it's franchise player Nikola Jokic. We have to get the ball out of his hands. But they didn't do that in game seven. They just got over screens. Right, but Tony, you shouldn't even have gotten to that. Like, he's lighting you up. They trapped him on two possessions, and Denver scored with so much ease that Quinn Snyder was like, "No, nah, we're not. We're never doing this again, guys. Go ahead, just defend." And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. It was the same schemes in Game Seven that the Jazz went through from one to six. The difference is the guys executed the schemes a lot better. I flat seven. out don't agree. I really do not agree. I think he was tired. I think he was tired because he just dragged Nikola Jokic's previously fat ass uh, through games four, five, and six to get him to a game seven. He was tired in game five after game four. He was tired in game six. Right, that's a cumulative effect. He might not have been that tired in game six. He has such a long runway to be off because of the protests. But he was definitely tired in game five, dropped 50 for 42. He had 42 in game five. Yeah. He had 50 in game four. There was a there was a there was a day in between every game except for games five and six in this whole series. Jamal Murray was still lighting them up. The Jazz deserve credit for what they did against them in game seven, but if they had done the same things in game six and game five, the series would have been over a long time ago. It's a truly brilliant strategy. That's on the hope Jazz. He gets tired. That's on Quinn. I'm sorry, like that's on Quinn Snyder, and I think Quinn Snyder's a brilliant coach. I think I think he butchered game five and game six. Absolutely butchered it. Nah, I I think that the Jazz collectively came out and did not play well in Game Six. I think in Game Five they got up seventy-one fifty-six and they stopped playing because they thought the series was over. And then Jamal Murray dragged them back. Then Game Six, for whatever reason, they were just not there. And then by the time they woke up in Game Seven and were like, "Oh snap, we can we can actually lose this series." It was too late. Those were two tired teams in Game 7. It was. You ever look fresh? Nikola Jokic, because he hadn't done anything in five games. Yeah, fun in Game 7. Yeah, he had a lot of fun in Game 7. That hook shot to to clinch it. All right, so now this this is a good segue. Natural segue. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Rudy Gobert? I mean, they didn't change. Same player I thought he was. He's Same a guy, player? Yeah, he's a, he's, a guy, he's a good defender. Had a terrific Game 7. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I... Look, his attitude changed... As soon as he got named to the All-Star team. As soon as he got named to the All-Star team, defense became a little less important. He wanted a little more Ooh. shine. He wanted more offense. And I think he's got to get over that. I think like I think Rudy Gobert needs to get back to what made him an All-Star and stop thinking about, like, ooh, now I'm an All-Star. I should be doing this. You need to defend. I thought he defended pretty well in terms of the matchup with Nikola Jokic in that series. Like, Jokic is going to get his... He's going to get scoring opportunities he's gonna like he's such a gifted score he's got such incredible touch all over the floor he's gonna get buckets you just got to make him work for it um I thought the scheme 
to stop Jamal Murray was bad. I think drop coverage is just, again, in that situation, it was getting lit up, lit up, lit up, lit up. And so I don't, that's not on Gobert necessarily, although I think he could have done a little bit more. But it's mostly, like I said, on Quinn Snyder and the guys on the ball. Right? But Gobert's still a guy like, man, if, he, if he's the player before he was named an all-star, I absolutely want him on my team. If he's a guy since, I want him on my team, but it's not absolute, and I certainly don't want to give him max money. There are a couple things that, that I, I'm thinking of. Number one, I think Donovan Mitchell has bypassed him as the best player on the team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Look, I think you can make the – one, can we be done with the screen assist now? <laughs> Utah is the no. only, Utah's the only team that gives a shit about it. He had a triple-double. What? When? He had a triple-double. When? This year. When? 19 points, 15 rebounds, 10 screen assists. Tony, I know, <laughs> I know what you're doing, okay? I know what you're doing. You're trying to get a rise out of me. You're trying to get you're trying to get ranting Zach out and about. Okay, I don't feel like ranting right now. Okay, I just did three hours of radio. I, I'm tired. All right, I don't feel like ranting. I don't 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 tell me that he had a triple double with screen assist this year. Please do not tell me that because I know you don't even believe it. That's the thing. I know you don't believe it, Tony. My dog doesn't believe it. Okay, I'll tell you back. I'm looking up and down this game log. I don't see a triple-double anywhere. Screen assists. The closest I see is he had 22 points, 17 rebounds, and five blocks one game. The closest thing I see. Ten screen assists. What does that even mean? Look, Rudy Gobert is still, the best, to me, the best screener in the league, or one of the best screeners in the league. Definitely top five. I think going into the bubble, he was best player on the roster. Now I think he's the second best player on the roster. Yeah, I'll just, I, I just believe the guy, I believe in the guy who can take over, right? I just do. Well, I, I think that's right. your best. If you, have a, if you have two guys that are pretty even in terms of team dynamic, the dude that can take over is your best player. Right, and Donovan took a leap in the bubble. Now the question is, you know, I think the Jazz – they have a number one level guy on a championship contender team. That's Donovan Mitchell. The question is, the organization builds around Donovan Mitchell. Do you build around Rudy Gobert heading into the future as well? He's in his prime. He's 28 years old. Whether or not he gets a max or a super max. And I don't believe that Jazz will give Rudy Gobert a super max. It's still going to be max money. And it's still going to be you know, a four-year contract. So the question is, if you're the guys, do you want to be playing, paying Rudy Gobert as your second-best player three years down the line when he's 31 years old, max money? Man, this is so much money. Let's pause real quick to tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feel fully supported. It offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, folks. The Premium Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof, it's got an LED light, and it's made with advanced skin-safe technology. Just like in the playoffs, there will be no nicks for you. By the way, you can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical and they smell great too. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 when you go to manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. You just got to use the code THEATHLETIC20 from the moose to the caboose. Always use the right tools for the job. It's not that I don't think he can justify it. We've seen him be a franchise changer. A Rudy Gobert max. A Rudy Gobert super max is 35% of the cap. 
The Jazz are not doing that. Mm-mm. Nor should they. The max is what, 25% of the cap? Uh, I believe for a 10-year player, uh, 25%, 10-year player goes to 30%. After that, yeah, the super max is like 35%, which is, a, I think I have that right. Right. So you're still paying Rudy Gobert at 31 years old, 25% of your cap. That's a quarter of your cap. You're At the same time, you're going to be paying Donovan Mitchell max money so that's 40 percent of your cap between two players here's what here's what it'll here's what it'll look like right the roster construction this is what it'll look like think of the houston rockets right they've basically 80 plus million dollars locked up in james harden and russell westbrook mm-hmm. which in theory gives you depending on what the cap's going to be let's just say it's going to be at 110 okay gives you 30 million dollars to round out your roster now you can go over the cap by having guys that you resign and all that stuff right but that really does limit you. And now a lot of teams are going to be built on those two stars with big money in that 70 to $80 million range uh, per season, right? Lakers doing it with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, who else do uh, Clippers have it with, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. The Bucks currently have that with Giannis and Chris Middleton, right? That's the big money. The, the, the Nuggets are doing that with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Your question has to be, let's say the goal is a championship which tony i think the goal is a championship right to build into a title contender right do you believe that combination at that money is equal to the combination of a Kawhi leonard and a paul george or a lebron and an ad or a even a Giannis and and chris middleton right although that's looking less and less good these days because of the o2 start <laughs> against against the miami heat but like okay can you justify wrapping up 75 to 80 million dollars a year in donovan and rudy gobert I don't think it's a flat-out no, but it's tricky. Donovan made it a lot more palatable this year in, well, and well, with his league. Tony, because let me ask you this, though. Just playing devil's advocate real quick before you get into your point. Do you believe everything you saw in the bubble? Because um, things are a little juiced offensively, right? And that Denver team was really bad defensively. I believe everything except for the 56% on the pull-up three-point. <laughs> right. yeah, that's fair. Like, it's going to be safe to say that that's going to come down. That's not going to be who he is next year. But I believe everything else. I believe the playmaking. I believe the competitiveness. I believe the, the will. Look, this is what Donovan did in game seven that team wanted to go home in the first half they were done they wanted to go home and donovan mitchell in the third quarter single-handedly willed that team back into the game he said he basically said i'm going to play ball and i'm going to go if i'm going down i'm going down firing i'm going down kicking and screaming yeah and he single single-handedly up the level of that team with the energy level that he found in the third quarter. That goes beyond the box score. It goes yeah. beyond stats. Yeah. And it's an incredible testament to his resiliency and his fortitude. And it's an incredible attribute for your leader to have. I am all in on Donovan Mitchell being a number one guy on a championship team caliber player. I agree with you because um, I do think he has that capability. But, Tony, the question is then, is Rudy Gobert that number two guy? It doesn't, and I don't even mean as a as an offensive option. I'm just saying, like, can he be the right. second best player when Donovan your Mitchell's overall, your best player? Overall, right, two guys. Yeah. So I think that that's a question that has to be answered next year, and I think Bojan Bogdanovic factors into that answer because Bogdanovic has got to be the guy who fills in the offensive gaps as a number two that Rudy can't fill in as a number two. 
So essentially, the Jazz probably have two number twos, which is obviously Rudy Gobert defensively, Gobert offensively. The problem that I have with Gobert, this this is the problem that I have. I don't want to say it's a problem, but this is what I can't shake from this series. Rudy Gobert had just an excellent second half to game seven. He was dominant and he played arguably his best basketball in the in the bubble in the second half of game seven. Now he played arguably his worst basketball in the bubble in the first half of game seven. But he was so good in the second half of game seven. Right? Do you agree with that? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah he was he was fantastic. Okay. So he was fantastic. Even with how fantastic he was in the second half of game seven, Nikola Jokic still dominated the game. Yeah. Still scored twenty one of the thirty points, twenty one of Denver's thirty points in the second half. He still hit the game winner over Gobert. He still dominated the game. So that gives me pause if I'm the Jazz. That <sighs> my second best player I don't know, man. Like still I still dominate the game because and his his guys still dominated the because game. Because the three previous games really looked pretty good against Jokic, right? Jokic had that one quarter, that first quarter, where he's dropped twenty one on like eight of eight shooting. But other than that, like Rudy did a good job. For me, I mean, game seven trumps everything. Here's here's my question. There's one obvious answer here, but I want you to go deeper than that. What's the difference between Rudy Gobert as an offensive player and DeAndre Jordan in his All Star season as an offensive player? Oh, well, there's a huge difference. What is it? Other than uh, I'll give you the free throw shooting, right? Other than the free throw shooting, because I don't think there's much of a difference outside of free throw shooting, which you can say is a big deal. I think Rudy Gobert is a significantly better pick setter than Don, than DeAndre Jordan. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I think DeAndre Jordan in his prime was a good pick setter. I think Rudy Gobert at this point is is a dominant screen setter. I don't think there's such thing as a dominant screen setter. I think that's Utah jargon. I think that when, you know, you can consistently get get your guys separation coming off screens like Rudy Gobert does, that is an invaluable attribute to have in today's today's NBA. Think about it like this. The Jazz offense, second unit offense could not run because Tony Bradley could not set effective enough screens agree well i agree to a certain extent but also tony couldn't you just switch everything like we've seen houston do that in the past and it and all of a sudden it was like well that we don't we're out of ideas right so if you get to a defense that switches and i think that's the scouting report against utah unless donovan just makes that completely irrelevant in the future which is very possible uh it's not like rudy can then go hurt you against a switching defense that's my that's my yeah, issue with the, the whole same, thing it's the same thing with jordan and the original question is what's the difference between rudy gobert and deandre mm-hmm. jordan and his prime well deandre's got much better hands deandre's got great hands yeah. finishing is probably deandre's probably a better finisher yeah he's a much yeah he's a much better finisher rudy's obviously a better free throw yeah much better free throw <laughs> uh rudy rudy's a much better defender Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking offensively. Defensively, it's not close. Like, defensively, Gobert is so much – like, DeAndre Jordan's never been that good of a defender. He got a little bit of praise out of nowhere, but, other like, that's – he's not that good defensively. Didn't he win a DPOY? No, 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 no. I think he got an all-defensive team. Let me see what he's got here. Uh, He's made all-defense twice, which is stupid. That is – that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And my question with Rudy is, is he still going to be in his prime at 32? That's a good question. That's a really good question. So then, Tony, all right. I so, think it's really apt that we're talking about DeAndre Jordan because DeAndre Jordan fell off the cliff quickly. Real quick. Real <laughs> quick, right? It was quick. And he's still athletic. That's a thing. And it, and it, it was not subtle at no. all. 
It was just all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this guy doesn't work anymore. Right. We're going to put him on the shelf. So Rudy Gobert's max contract would start when he's 29. Is he going to still be in his prime at 33? I I mean, I don't know. I don't know because I don't see him adding anything to his game, which doesn't mean he can't just remain this player for four or five years. I think he can. But again, like, now you're, I mean, you're just, the financial implications are just gigantic. Here's the thing. I, I think if Rudy Gobert stays at the level that he is now, it does not matter if he doesn't, if he adds to his game or not, because Donovan, I think Donovan Mitchell can be that good. And I think Boyan Bogdanovich, assuming he stays at the level that he's at now, they're good enough that it doesn't matter whether Rudy adds to his game. But Rudy's got to stay at this level. And the question is, if you give him a four-year max at 25% of the cap, when he's at age 31, you know, does he start looking like current DeAndre Jordan? Age 32, third year or four-year max. That's tough. That's tough because then it becomes from like our, hey, we need to do this with Rudy to we got to get him out of here, right? Like that's gonna. And be- I can tell you like this: if if that happens, you're gonna get Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tony, how do you adjust? What's the off season plan? Off season plan. I see. You know, people I've talked to in the front office do not think that the Jazz is far away. I tend to agree with them. Number one, because Donovan has gone to another level as a player. Number two, uh, if you look at every single metric of their the Jazz starters this year, the Jazz were one of the better one of the better to best starting units in the league this year. So you take your your mid-level exception, your full mid-level exception, you go get a rotation player. You take your biannual exception and you try to get another rotation level guy and you hit on your draft pick. That's the formula. Is that guy Derek Favors? You're just going to do this to me now? I'm just throwing out a hypothetical situation, Tony, that I fully believe will happen. First name that popped in my head, just, you know, what about uh, Derek Favors? You know, what about that guy? Think the Jazz would be interested in making that return? League sources tell me there is mutual interest Ooh. between the Jazz and Derek Favors. Oh, now we're getting now we're getting a little spicy here, Tony. Now we're getting a little spicy. Spicy here, but it's just that it's all it is. It's just interest, right? There's so much that that can happen. So much that can happen. We don't even know when the off season is. You know, we don't even know when the off season right, is. Should the off season come about on a Thursday, Friday morning? I'd expect to see, you know, verbal agreement. Derek Favors, Utah Jazz. That's just me. That's just what I would expect to see. On a random Thursday when the offseason starts, if that's the day. Next morning. Headlines on The Athletic. And we'll be back after this. Here's the question the Jazz have to answer themselves. They need a defensive-minded wing in the worst way. Who can hit this? Those are harder to find on the market than a, a replacement level backup. Agreed. Pick. This is a wings league, so you might have to spend your mid level on finding a defensive minded wing who can make shots. I don't even know if that's possible. It might not. Be I think possible. it costs way more than a mid level. Well, on this market, it might not because there are five, six teams with space. None of those six teams that have space are winning situations, and there's no money on the market, and there's a lot of players on the market. So you might be able to find a pretty good player at a discount. It's a buyer's market. Did I get that right? Buyer's market? Yeah, it is a buyer's market, I think. So I'm looking up potential wings. Gordon Hayward's got a player option. He's probably going to exercise that. It's like $30 Uh, Joe Harris is going to be a free agent, but it's not your 3 and D guy. It's just a three guy. That's that's not who the Jazz. Right. 
They would love Joe Harris, but that's not who they right. need. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Probably not. Kent Bazemore. Oof. I don't think. Uh, I don't know about that, Tony. Uh, okay, he's he's not great anymore. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, not a three guy. Got the defense. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> what about Thabo Cephalosha return or Damari Carroll? Probably not. Are good. you Probably serious? Oh, what about this one? I think I got one here. Justin Holiday. Yeah, that that's been a name that's been that's come up. In okay, so let, let's bite. Would you spend your mid level on Justin Holiday? Or Derek My Favors. full mid level. What's that look like? Like three three years, thirty million, roughly? Three and twenty seven. So yeah, somewhere in that range, right? Yeah. I'd spend that on Isn't Justin Holiday thirty? Um, that sounds about right to me. He's been around for a while. Justin Holiday is, as I look at his bio, he's thirty one. He turned thirty one in April. He's older than Drew. I guess so how is that possible? Born first. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about Marcus Morris Senior? No, I don't, gonna, I don't think that's gonna work. I don't I think. think I don't think. I, I love Mook, but I don't think Mook in Salt Lake City would be. Ooh, Tony, I got a name. I'm Derek ready. Jones Junior. Is he a wing or is he a four? I think he played three and four. That is a name. That's not a bad one, right? The Jazz need a wing, and they need athleticism. Mm-hmm. And he can knock they down need a three. And He's a good defender, like a good defender. Okay, so let's 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 stop there. And he's available because Miami's yeah, trying and they, to. And they got to keep they got to keep cap space open for 2021 when they pursue. They got to keep cap space open for 2021, so he can completely be mm-hmm. had. I'd easily give 327 for Derek Jones Jr. All right, Derek Jones Jr. Would you give? Derek Jones Jr. three and twenty seven, and or Derek Favors three and twenty seven. Derek Jones Jr. No question. I agree. I agree. You mentioned Cam Bazemore. He's just not a good shooter. Not really that good a defender. It's also right? true. <laughs> three and D guy without the three without the D. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of slowed down on the on the important part of what he yeah, does. Those are probably like at least from free agency. Those are probably your best options right there. Derek Jones Jr. and Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday is still a really good defender. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'd be a little worried about that contract as he hits that last year. Maybe you take away some guaranteed money in that situation. Probably can't make that a team option. Yeah. I think he'll be in high enough demand. But you know, you could maybe do something. Make it partially guaranteed. Yeah. And Derek Jones Jr. is full on in his prime or approaching his prime. He's what twenty six, twenty seven. I don't even know if he's that. Um, he might not even be that old. Looking it up right now, Derek Jones Jr. is. 23 years old. He'll turn 24 in February. He's what? 23. You mean he's Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's age? 23 years, 201 days as of this recording, according to basketball uh, basketball reference. He's going to be in demand. He can hope to. I know he didn't shoot the three well this season. I think he'll be able to shoot the three. Well, he'll be able to shoot the three, but he's such a dominant athlete. Mm-hmm. He'd be. He's actually exactly what the Jazz need. He can. I, I don't think people realize like he can play. Like he he's good. That in the Heat, like coming from the Heat organization to a team like the Jazz, who also very much believe in player development and have a lot of the same principles. Like I think that's a great fit. Yeah, he's actually. I think if I think if Derek Jones Jr. went to a to a, a more chaotic organization that would that was less regimented, right. I think I think you could see him fall off. But I think you're seeing a very similar vibe, just in terms of approach that it would be an easy transition for him. And I think that shot's workable. He'd probably be, if I were Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck, he'd probably be my number one target. Yeah, man, I'd actually love that fit. He'd be, 
he'd be the number one guy that I would call up and and say, hey, can we talk to you? <laughs> Dennis and Jay-Z, I know you're listening to this. Cause I know you're avid listeners of Game Notes on, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Just give us a little a little wink in that press conference when it happens, okay? Just a, just a wink at the camera. We'll know that's a little head nod to us. We, we don't even need a wink. We need to be like, we got this idea from Zach Harper and Tony Jones <laughs> in Game no, Notes. No, we got to keep it subtle, Tony. Just a subtle, just a <laughs> subtlety to it, you know? And then what we do is we over we overlay that imaging of him doing the wink with the audio from this episode, you know? And then, and then it's a yeah. very like, oh, my God, these guys are running the jazz, you know? <laughs> then maybe we take over the Sacramento Kings front office. Somehow I don't think that we'll get that, that admission. You don't think we can trick the Kings into letting us run that front office? It's the Kings. Well, I can tell you like this. If the jazz could find a way to get Bogdan Bogdanovich – for the Ooh. Kings, they would do it. Ooh, okay. I don't know how that works. I don't know how the Jazz trade us for but Bogdan Bogdanovich. I, I don't think there's a way to do it. Okay. But we have figured out two prime free agent targets for mm-hmm. the Jazz. Derrick Jones Jr. and Justin Holliday. Yeah. Even though they're going to sign Derrick Favors If you had to use your mid-level to do that, you absolutely have to address your backup big. You can't go into next year with Tony Bradley as your, your primary backup to Rudy Gobert. So now you have your 3.6 biannual exception uh, available to mm-hmm. you. I have a name in mind. You have a name. Okay, because I'm it. going through... Oh, I think I have a name as well. I have a name in mind, and I'm, I'm but I'm not sure that 3.6 is going to get. Okay, him. the name is Aaron Baines. Oh, I think he's played himself out of that. I don't think you can get Aaron Baines for 3.6. He's making like five this year. I don't think he's taking a pay cut. Uh, he was out of the rotation by the end of the year. Oh, he's just been hurting. He had coronavirus. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. You were not out of the rotation. I was gonna say Patrick Patterson, but I think he's best friends with like Paul George, so he's probably not leaving the Clippers. Patrick Patterson is not who that's the also Jack. that's that's also a great point. He's also not the guy that they need. Um. Okay. I'm just I'm going through this list real quick before I throw Derek Favors cannot be had for three point six, right? You're not getting Derek Favors right. three point six. Um. Okay. Okay. And, and I will say this. I will say this. Sources tell me that if Derek Favors came back to the Jazz, he knows he would not be a starter. Oh. And is okay oh, with that. Oh, okay. That's a little info there. So here's the only name I really have, and I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm just trying to think of who might be available for that money. Bismack Biombo. What? Bismack Biombo. Come on. What? Man. He can defend. He's a rebounder. Better than Tony Bradley. He's better than Tony Bradley. And he's not expensive. 3.6 for one year? This is a dude that's coming off stealing $80 million. <laughs> he did steal $64 million, million, I think it was. Whatever that was. You know what it was. It was 18 a year. He got 18 a year. So he's been stealing 18 a year for a certain amount of years. He got the Jerome James treatment. He had one good playoff and got paid. Good for him, by the way. Good for him. But he can, he can play a he little bit, right? He had one good right? playoff. He got, a, he, 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 got, he got one good playoff. He got in LeBron's James face one time. In a series that they got swept. That's all it took. And that's all it took. And Michael Jordan was like, we can get this we guy. We absolutely. No, actually, no. You know who d- the Magic signed him? And then Jordan traded for him. Oh, that's Yeah, right. the Orlando yes, Magic was like, hey, we need him. more big men. 
We need a we need a sixty four million dollar backup center to Nikola Vucevic. Oh my god, I could not. We were all oh, like, man, I'm on when he signed that. Oh, I got I got the we number now. Like, four years, seventy what? million. Four years, seventy. We were like, he got what? Unbelievable. Good agent, by the way. So yes, take your three point six million. I still wouldn't do it if I were the Jazz. Aaron Baines is the well, guy. yeah, but you're shoot. not getting Aaron Baines for three point six unless he really wants to be on the Jazz. Which he might. I think Aaron Baines has played himself into a minimum of the full mid-level exception. I would, I would, I would get Joe Ingles on it. Joe Ingles better start giving up some of that money then. That's the only way it's going to happen. Which, by the way, he played in the playoffs. Maybe he should be giving up some of that money to try to get Aaron Baines. Oh, I knew this was coming. Oh no, 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 no! I think it's great when your one of your best shooters just refuses to shoot. I think it's a good idea. It's a good strategy. I think it's a good strategy. He stopped. Joe stopped shooting in the middle of the series when he was shooting. Wow. He's the most confident person on the team. How did he lose his confidence? Okay, I got a question All for right. you. If Joe Ingles shot the ball with the same confidence and ferocity as Jordan Clarkson, he would be what level of a player? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> would he be? I mean,. Look, he's not the same athlete, but like, would he beat Gordon Hayward? I mean, he would beat Gordon. Hayward, did I did, did it? Was it wrong of me to just compare him to a white guy, or should I've broken barriers here and compared him to a black guy? No, I mean it's it's a good comparison, okay. right? Like if 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 Joe Ingles is like, I don't give a shit if I miss three in a row, the next five are going in, and because he's that good a shooter, the next five actually go in, and it just like opened up all of his terrific playmaking. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony, before we go, did you think that Mike Conley shot was going in? I didn't. I did. I really did. Who was it? Tory Craig that missed the layup? Yeah, when Tory Craig missed that layup and Conley got the ball, once he passed half court, I thought, "Oh my god, he's about to win this." I really did. Like I really and then it start it started to go in and then it just popped and I I was stunned. I was convinced that I got he was I got to pass a message to Jazz fans. Yes. Jazz fans, I understand that Donovan Mitchell was standing wide open by himself on that side of the court. Do not be mad at Rudy Gobert that he did not throw him the no, basketball. No, no, you got to make the safe the play. You got to make sure you get the ball up safe the court. Play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rudy 100% would have thrown the ball into the seventh <laughs> row. I'm with you, Tony. That ball goes sailing. You have to make sure you get a shot off. Like, and the the play there was getting it to. You have to make sure you get a shot off. Listen, Rudy made the right play. Number one, Rudy had taken two dribbles. Okay. Yeah, no, you're already at the maximum. You're already at the maximum threat of turning that ball over when he takes two dribbles. So he did the right thing. Just throwing it to right to Mike Conley. Yeah. And Mike Conley did the right thing by not passing the ball across the court because somebody probably would have recovered and gotten to it. Yes, absolutely. Gotten to the pass. Uh, Tony, was Rudy Gobert giving the ball to Mike Conley instead of Donovan Mitchell? Revenge for everything that happened this season. Unfortunately, we're out of time and don't have time to answer this question. Thanks for subscribing to Game Notes. Thanks for subscribing to The Athletic. If you do that, if you don't, give us a shot. It's a great deal. I think it's like $2.99 a month right now. I think you get 40% off. And maybe Tony can answer that question of whether or not this was revenge in one of his mailbags, one of his articles, or on this very podcast coming up. Could it have been revenge for all the storylines that Donovan Mitchell bestowed upon Rudy Gobert? Tony, we'll find out next time on Game Notes.